Okay, on the song sheet for I Surrender All is our Matthew prayer. And today we're in Matthew 2, 13 through 18. And so if you guys would pray this prayer with me, that'd be fantastic. Our Father, allow your Holy Spirit to reveal to us this wise picture of Jesus' life. Teach us to listen, consider, and implement what we see into the way we live. Let us see your kingdom anew, and let our desires be to seek and follow your ways. Jesus, we want to be your disciples. Help us live our lives for you. Amen. Matthew 2, 13 through 18. And when they, they being the the wise men, departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise. Take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And he rose up and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Out of Egypt I called my son. When Herod... Then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious, and he sent and he killed all the male children in Bethlehem and in all that region who were two years old or under, according to the time that he had ascertained from the wise men. When, uh, when was fulfilled that was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah, a voice was heard in Ramah, weeping and loud lamentation, Rachel, weeping for her children, she refused to be comforted because they are no more. In the church calendar, calendar or the liturgical calendar, there are days of feasting and there are days of fasting. There's even seasons of feasting and seasons of fasting, but feasting generally has to do with rejoicing. Praise God. I praise God. I take in and, and I take in and I'm just so grateful for the abundance that God has given me. Whereas fasting generally has to do with repentance and mourning. And one of the oddest feasts that I've ever come across that I still don't understand, even though looking at it all week, was takes place in the events of this scripture. It's called the Feast of Innocence. The Feast of Innocence takes place during the 12 days of Christmas, which is Advent is a season of fasting, and then it comes into a season of celebration. And this, during this season of celebration, uh, we see this on the 28th day of December each year, the Feast of Innocence. One place I looked said this about the feast. No one is less deserving of death than babies. And yet we see here in the scripture that these innocent children died. These innocent babies in Matthew 2 are considered the very first martyrs for Christ. These These babies died because Herod was paranoid. He wanted to keep the command and rule that he had. He did not want a new king and he was threatened by this baby that was born in Bethlehem that the wise men were seeking out. We have to remember that Herod wasn't even like the real ruler. Rome was. The Roman government was. And there were Romans who were not even the emperor that were higher in government than Herod. And yet, he was fearful that he might lose his power, the power that he had, 
And he was so fearful that he went as far as killing babies to protect his rule. It's pretty cruel, isn't it? Herod believed the Scriptures. He believed the Scriptures that this child who was born, who the wise men had seen and talked about, could be the Messiah. Instead of rejoicing and offering his gifts, he had great fear. We see here, as we see elsewhere in Scripture and in life, that fear kills. Fear steals life from us. It's fear, uh, fears take away from us. But as we get into this, I would ask us, what fears do we hold on to that prevent us from living the life that God intends for us? Let me ask that again. What fears do you hold on to that prevent you from living the life that God intends for you? Jesus is born into this world that kills children. Jesus is born into a world that runs on fear and runs on tyranny. Jesus is born into a world where leaders are hungry for power and they're paranoid. They're evil to the core. No matter what they appear on the surface, Jesus was born into that world. Fear can steal the lives of those who it's said to serve. Herod is supposed to be a ruler over his people and serve them and lead them, and yet he takes life from them because of the fear. We live in a world that still hates and kills children, even before they are born. We live in a world that fears the innocence of children, that, oh, they'll just grow up one day and then they'll learn. We live in a world that claims our earth is too populated when the actuality is that our truth is run by fear and greed and that we could actually sustain more people if we lived with open hands and if we lived by the principles of Jesus without fear and without greed. We can support far more people than we know, but we just don't. Our rulers don't. We don't. We live in a world that is governed by fears and fears are crippling for us and they're crippling us. And fears are stealing life, the life that God would intend for us to live. The Feast of Innocence is not only celebrating these martyrs, honoring their life, but it's also a time and a reminder of surrender. We surrender all that we have to Jesus, even our very lives. But maybe even harder than surrendering our life as in like life or death situation, we get to surrender our fears. We get to surrender all our hurts. We get to surrender all our pains, all our confusion, all our disappointments, that things aren't the way that we want them to be. We even get to surrender all our questions. We give them all to Jesus. We lay them at, our, at his feet. We surrender to him. We all have fears. And if we've lived long enough, we all have hurts and disappointments too. Amen? This is what life does when we live in a world that's governed by fear. They're different for each and every one of us. We all have confusion about why this or why that's happening or is happening, many of us have great questions that are yet to be unanswered. And we get to let go of these. 
We get to surrender these to Jesus. This scripture is a perfect example, or even we can think in our own day and age, or even in our own week this last week, the earthquake and death in uh, the, the death toll in Turkey and Syria is a perfect example of questions or confusions that some people may have. Why would a good God do this? Why would a good God allow that? Why does God have this or that take place? Why do we have to endure these things? Why are innocent children dead? We get to lay these questions down at the feet of Jesus. In, in surrendering them, we get to let go of some of these things that we're holding on to, that we say that we have a right to. We get to surrender them to Jesus. And as we like to pick up our fears and our hurts and our disappointments, our pains, our questions, we are not owed an answer by God. We get to cry out. Amen? Praise be to Jesus. We get to cry out. We get to complain. We get to be sad. We get to mourn with those who are mourning and lament these things. There are a lot of things in life that come and they just do not make sense. We too can, in a sense, like these in the scripture, refuse to be comforted. However, as with this scripture, there's no attempt to justify or explain the horrors of what took place that day. We know that it's evil. We know that it happens. We're grateful that Jesus escaped, aren't we? But what about these kids? What about these mothers that are weeping? And at times, we get to surrender our need for answers at Jesus' feet and just do our best to trust him. Do our best to walk with him. In a word, we get to repent. We get to turn away from all that is our blocking and tempting to steal our relationship with Jesus. We get to surrender everything that we don't understand to him. We get to let go of our fears and choose the way that Jesus would have us walk, even if we don't have the answers or the understanding that we would like. One thing that about fear, the alternate to it, the opposite of it, is love. God sent his son not to crush us, but he sent his son in love to save us. Crushing us is what the powers of this world will do. That's what fear will do. That's what governments do. That's not how God intends his kingdom to be run. He didn't come because he wanted to rule mankind and just lord over us and say, do this and don't do that. He, he came because of his great and perfect love for us. And you know what perfect love does? It drives out all fear. Perfect love releases us from the grip of fear. And love is best seen in Jesus because God is best seen in Jesus and God is love. It's a beautiful thing. The wise men came in love. They offered gifts, didn't they? Herod came in fear and he offers death. Love as a motive is not easy to live by. Neither is repentance from our fears. Fear is much easier to live by. It makes more sense in this broken world, if we're honest, than grace does. Fear tempts us away from trust in Jesus. And when we fear, we are practicing idolatry. 
We're trusting that whatever it is that we're fearing is bigger than Jesus. And so to let go of this, we get to submit all our fears to Jesus and let go. We will be tempted to fear and tempted to not trust in the great love of Jesus. But I pray that we may let that go and surrender this all to Jesus. I pray that we don't slip into the idolatries that our fears would love for us to worship. Jesus knows how tempting that fear is. Jesus knew that following him would not always be easy. He knew that we would have to count the cost. And he knew that we might have to suffer much to follow him. He knew that even though we may suffer because we follow him, Suffering is one of the ways of Jesus while we live in this world that is actively trying to destroy the life that he wants to bring. I pray that we may not be surprised when suffering comes. Suffering can come in a myriad of forms, but I pray that we may be able to surrender these fears and the suffering to Jesus. Can we ask why? Of course we can. Can we cry out? Yes, we can beg for relief and Jesus gives it from time to time. Yet at the same time, we get to trust Jesus, trust that he sees and that he knows and that he has a plan that is bigger than ours and he's working that plan. God doesn't like all the pain and suffering of this world. He's not in heaven rejoicing that these children were murdered. He is weeping with those who weep. He doesn't like it when people live in fear and are ruled by fear and their lives are stolen by fear. That is why Jesus came into this world to begin with. He has a plan to do away with all sin, sickness, and death, all fear, and all its effects. There is suffering along the way, but there will be an end to that too. We get to surrender to it. We get to repent from all our fears. And in turning away from our fears, we get to turn towards trusting God, that God has a master plan, that he is beautiful and wonderful and sovereign over all. This too is difficult, isn't it? Yet God is working all things out for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes, and that's you and me. We get to trust that his love is greater than all our fears. He does, in fact, have a bigger plan than our present suffering. And we get glimpses of it from time to time, enough to know that God's love is bigger than anything that this world has to offer. This has been my prayer this week, that each and every one of us might know the great depth of God's love for us. So massive. I don't think we can quite understand it, and I'd love for us to just grasp it at a deeper level. When we look at the wise men, they brought gifts and they presented them to Jesus. They surrendered to Jesus. Gifts of wealth, we're not supposed to marvel in the wealth of the wise men, but in the wealth of the one receiving the gift, to the greatness of the one receiving the gift. And in giving these gifts, they were trusting the goodness of Jesus. That's what we get to do with our gifts. They were trusting in his greatness. Do you think that they saw how great he was or they just perceived it? I mean, Jesus would, would have been a human child. All the actions and the miracles that we know about that he would perform in his future, the death, burial, resurrection, those were all in the future. And yet they saw something. And in faith, they trusted that this child would be a great king without any other evidence other than faith. And in their faith, they gave their gifts to Jesus. 
Jesus' family used these gifts to escape the clutches of a maniac. God had a plan. He revealed his plan in a dream, yet not the whole plan. We can only see the whole plan this side of history. And even then, I, do, I don't believe that we can see the whole plan. We too, Grace and Mercy Church, we get to live by faith. We get to offer up our gifts to Jesus in faith. We get to surrender all our fears in faith that his love is bigger than anything that we face and that his love will conquer all our fears. And his love is bigger. We can see that Jesus suffered. He's not asking us to do anything. We're not greater than our master. And even as we look at the life of baby Jesus, we don't need just baby Jesus. We need his whole life. We need the whole picture of it. This child who is love come to this world. His life helps reveal the depths of his love for you and me. And as we learn to Jesus, we will look to his life. We will see that we count the cost to follow Jesus, that there is much that we get to surrender in our lives as we live it. Every aspect of our life, our thoughts, our feelings, our concerns, our fears, even if God wants our very life and our very breath, we surrender these to him just like Jesus did because we follow Jesus. And in this, we trust that Jesus is love and that his love is greater than the death. We need the life, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. We need his plans. This plan, this plan that we celebrate every single week. No one could have predicted it. No one could have seen it coming. Yet for love's sake, he endured the cross for you and for me. He suffered greatly so that we might know him one day. We don't have to live in fear any longer. We can take the example of these Christian martyrs and all the Christian martyrs that we may ever read about and surrender all to Jesus, that the Holy Spirit may help us do this, that the Holy Spirit will help us to trust that Jesus' love drives out fear, that the Holy Spirit helps open the eyes of our heart to see the areas where we need to surrender. Lord, help us see the areas where we need to repent where we need to surrender. Holy Spirit, we need your help. Continue to point us towards the perfect love of God as seen perfectly in the life of Jesus. Lord, help us to know your forgiveness. Help us to know that we are loved. Help us to know that your plans, your plans are greater than our fears. Help us, Holy Spirit, to ignore our suffering that, so that we can behold your face in the midst of it. Holy Spirit, help us surrender our pains, all of them. Holy Spirit, help us live with unanswered questions and live this life of faith that you have for us. Holy Spirit, help us see just how great your love is for each and every one of us. Help us know it and then live it out. Live out of your love, out of the overflow and the abundance of your love. Holy Spirit, please free us from fear. Help us surrender our lives to you and trust you in all things. Holy Spirit, help us see that God loves us, that he isn't disappointed with us, that he sent his one and only son 
to live a life that we couldn't have lived. So Jesus, help us. We need you. In Jesus' name, amen.